anything around the house, sharp objects, <coughs> toys on the floor, windows open. All these things, the person has to take care of his or her safety. The winter's coming too. Safety also means health, dress warm, the cold weather. <clears throat> and to go right now to just review a little bit. We mentioned the concept that Miller said that a person has to let Hashem enter your life and then after a while fill your life and after a while you're living in Hashem, the Mokram of Hashem. So a person's working on this and we need to do, we need to accomplish this, we need daily walks, time by oneself, time to think, to think of your blessings, think of your accomplishments. There's a reason every day a person can go over, go over your blessings, what you have, what you have. Go over your schedule and see how much you're accomplishing. Progress and happiness depends on progress, on accomplishing, on doing, on feeling you're you're needed, you're feeling you wanted, feeling you're helping. Not on other people's yes, no's, maybe's, yells, and poor behavior. That's not what our happiness depends on. We can't, but it does because we don't have time to comp contemplate. The Rav said, when someone asked such a thing as thinking too much, and the Rav said, no, if you think it's Kabbalah above those constructive thoughts, so let's get a little bit today, a little bit of constructive thoughts that could help us always have the yunt of spirit with us and also calmness of mind that the cells every day can be relaxed and then we can think clearly to make the right decisions. So you just mentioned about letting Hashem enter one mind. So that's Rosh Hashanah we began with Hashem was king. El before too understanding you've been building up to it. But Hashem is king means he's controlling everything. A person can look when he wakes up in the morning. Shmak to be alive, happy to be alive. Think what it took. First of all, a good night's sleep. No robberies. And no one bothers you at night in general unless you have little children. Even that's a good brother, and Hashem gives you strength even though you're tired today. So the first thing is wake up with a little bit of geschmack. Wake up at least push yourself. Push, push, push. Push yourself. And wake up tomorrow morning. Maybe I need a little more sleep. That's possible or impossible. Get up with a little more energy. And then I take that deep breath. It's a big miracle, a deep breath. It only takes a million miracles to happen. The deep breath goes into your nose and there's cilia to clean up the, the schmutz and it goes down to your lungs etc etc then we have the ears again you're you're hearing all night but you're hearing again okay the eyes the eyes the eyes close and open them the taste bud the coffee in the morning is delicious and the smell deep breath fresh air it's a little thing, a little thing to remind us of what we have, what we have. And the king, king is taking care of us in every aspect, which means you ask and you cry and you speak. And when we the famous, when we go over again, our toes, the calves and our legs, go over your knees, your thighs, shoulders, hands, fingers that work is incredible. People don't have fingers that are working or it's numb. They can't do anything. Even a thumb. If a thumb is out of whack, you're out of whack. And the neck, if it's not stiff this morning. And the head, if you have no headaches. These are things. Every day, take one. Yeah, I would take one. I would take, for example, the teeth sharp in the front, moles in the back. How it works perfectly with food. And you can keep going again, ears, again, nose, heart, intestines, kidneys, lungs, pancreas. Just go over a little bit. These things are happening. 
and each one takes a million of miracles. The mind that works, nerve cells, nerve endings meet each other, and an idea comes, and memory comes. It's all multi-multi-million miracles going on in your head at this second, and that the brain is helping everything, making everything work, making sure the heart's beating, et cetera, et cetera. So it's important to go into the new year, remind yourself, have a piece of paper, Shem is king, Shem is king, Shem is king. And go over, go over different avenues of your life to show a Shem is king. And as more and more Shem enters your life, with all the miracles and the thoughts, as you walk, but you need time every day to think, relax a few minutes. A woman, when everyone's out of the house, she has to go to the bathroom or she has to go to her room and take, you have set time for yourself. I'm going to relax and think, relax and think, and go over, give myself strength. It doesn't have to be so deep thought, but enough, enough to catch yourself so you use your seichel and not your emotions. we see the first thing is to review the idea that Hashem is king and think and look back at your past remember thinking Hashem is king review you told stories person becoming from how you met this one and that one at the right time go over your life story you thought you'd never get married and you're married you thought you'd never have this and you have this and the more you go over and over, you'll, you'll see things that are happening and that ha have happened are just very clear. There's an orchestrator here. The story became from, he's met a certain man in Red Hook, he has earrings and a leather jacket. And all of a sudden he came to this house, man's house who gave a class. And then as he was becoming a little religious, he came for Shabbos. All of a sudden he got a job in the area. Well, he had no job. He also had an apartment in the area. He had no apartment. He was living in Bed-Stuy. A hard area to live in. Dangerous. All these things started happening. Then he met someone who knew a lady for him, was firmer than him, but wanted to marry him. There's so many stories of our own lives. That's another thing. Go over your past to remind, you Shem, remind yourself of Shem as king. And you can do other people's lives too if you have children and your parents and uncles and Whatever it takes to remind yourself, Hashem is king, Hashem is king. In charge of everything. And the next, as we go into Yom Kippur, when you're having Hashem fill your life, so then you start realizing that if you realize Hashem is filling your life, so more and more as you walk, your legs are moving, and you say, wow, no, it's no accident. They move, and the, the grease in the knees that make them go, and the toes are there to make you balance. It feels good. Then you go up to your arms moving, and your eyes seeing. So it's filling, you're feeling your walks, and your glasses are light, so you have a little hat on. And everything is like all of a sudden clicking. The birds are chirping. Wow, the birds are also singing for me. The blue sky is also singing to me. And the white clouds and the rain comes. is also giving me food for the coming year and showers, etc. All of a sudden, he's filling your life as you walk. And then you'll see there's so many walks during the day become very, very productive and give yourself emuna and bitachim. Give yourself strength in the boreolum. And he's filling your life. Then a person has to go, wait a second, remember young Kipper came? I have to go over and over and go over the things I want to do improve. I'll go over a few things. But anger. So we spoke a little about tolerance. That person has to learn to be tolerant. Again, if Hashem is filling your life, so that means you're Tolerant because Hashem is the one sending you everything. You see, so therefore He's also sending you the stuff that gives you a hard time. And this is also for you to make a tikka, to fix yourself, to learn control. To learn for another way to deal with the other person. Again, happiness is within you. 
is the progress you're making. The person learns to be quiet, learns to control, learns tolerance of other people. That's a tremendous level of accomplishment. Tolerance is hard, Bruce. You get burnt out. But again, go back to the first step. You need time to renew and calm and get a clearness of mind, clearness of emotions. So then when you go into the Yom Kippur state of, state of trying to improve, tolerance is hard. Like you, say, you hold, you hold, you hold, all of a sudden you feel like blowing up. But that's what when you hold, you need to then hold back, you control, you're tolerant of others, they do things you... You constantly want to fit your square into everyone's circle in life. After all, you see, they have their circle, you have your square, and they're not going to fit. But it's getting along. Because you have to look at the consequences of your actions. If you say something, what's going to happen? And you say it, you say it every time, the same reaction comes, same fight comes in every area of your life. So Shem is sending you these tests to say, listen, there's another way. Become numb, like we've mentioned many times. Become numb. I don't feel, I don't feel. And you'll see your tolerance with others will be recognizable. It will automatically calm them down a little bit too. It'll calm them, it will calm them down a lot sooner than you thought it could. The idea of, again, tolerance means, you know, everything is from Hashem. Everything Hashem is sending you through these other people. The other people are sent to you just for a test and for you to test your tolerance. Become a little numb, you'll see your numbness in areas that other people bother you, you'll see. And if you have to hold it in, hold it at the moment. And afterwards, ask your Rebbe a question, or afterwards, think about it. And you'll see many times when you think about it later, and in a calmer state, you go, you know, so now I know why the other person did this. Now I know what to do. Now I know the other person just grouchy in, in the morning, and miserable about something. And along with that is Mechus HaNefesh, is patience with others. Patience also goes a little more, again, to our own Mechus HaNefesh, calmness of mind, calmness of emotions. Calmness of emotions. Eat right, sleep right. I mentioned last time, the sleep. If you want to have any calmness of emotions, you need to try. Hashem knows if you can't sleep because of many different reasons. But the sleep is crucial. Person right now could try to take a little extra nap, like you sleep at night, etc. You will see a calmer person too. And eat a little bit, three meals a day. Don't overdo it. But don't starve yourself. As for sadikim, when I sadikim, and we mentioned about exercise, that walk, that walk, that walk. So all of a sudden, you see Hashem's filling in life with all the things. The things from the beautiful world and your health and nice families to the parts that you get the bumps. The bumps, I guess that's the test that you that you think about concerning Yom Kippur. And we mentioned the three poisons all the time, covered, covered, covered. Most of the time we react to other people. We think it's because of uh, I'm right, I'm right, and I have to show the other person. No, most of the time it's covered. It's already about a school teacher. That was a Rebbe. And he told the class they couldn't eat. He turned around. One one boy got it potato chips. One of the biggest bags you ever saw. And poured it down his throat. And the Rebbe was looking. Could have blasted him. He had been right. He just disagreed with authority. But his response was covered, covered, covered. Because he knew the first response would be out of his cupboard. And he asked the boy why he did that. The boy said, I'm, at that, that I'm not on that level. But the reaction was just as productive. The reaction of calmness and trying to understand he's a young boy. And then the tachacha, the, the constructive criticism worked. He gained a lot more. Covered, covered, covered. Husband and wife is... Most of the arguments about covered, covered, covered. They hurt each other's feelings. Hurt each other's feelings. So you come in, Mavati, you're covered. She's there to make the other person happy. And when you, Mavati, you're covered, covered will run after you. You'll get plenty of covered. Get plenty of honor. You run away from honor, you'll get plenty of honor. 
And then the taiva, taiva. Very important. We'll get into that too a little bit. The taiva is a very strong food. Noshim. Clothes. Sneers. Not to be sneers. So there's such a taiva in so many different areas. So that's why it's very, very important. Husband and wife build a taiva to each other. They try to make the taiva to each other. Which means when they're giving each other attention, the other one has to reciprocate. They have to be there for each other, for each other, for each other. As soon as that area is, uh, is pushed aside, it's, it's very, very hard. Because in the relationship, type for food, type for money, type for dress. Man has to understand his wife's wanting a new dress, a new shoes. And if she wants new shoes more often than you like too, you have to know how to roll. You need maybe direction in it. But you have to stand your tivers and and you have to stand your mate's tivers and your children's tivers and your parents' tivers. All these things you'll see. Don't just say that's not good. Try to think about how to work, how to satisfy. If something is too extreme, then you need help. Then we have Kina. Jealousy is very, very big. People think everyone else is the happiest in the world. Look on the outside, looks like the happiest couples. I mean happiest, but people are always getting along. But you, but inside we don't know. I see this one successful in family, this one successful in business, this one in... That too, we all gets to all of us, but we have to understand what goes on for other people, that's what other people... Shem is giving other people. But you don't know the test, you don't know other things that are being tested on. And most of the time there's not any reason to be jealous. To think about what you need, what you want, and you have to work on yourself. If you're jealous of something, work harder. If you're jealous of learning, learn hard. Jealous of someone davening, davening, learning someone's patience, someone's patience and calmness. Do it yourself. Learn about yourself. Use jealousy to go to the heights, to the heights, to the heights, to the heights. Very important. Those are a few, a few. All our tests mainly deal with these in Yonam. Again, the main three, covet, honor, honor, honor. Can't take the word no. Can't take the word something against your rotson, against your will. These are all, you got to fight it. Hashem is sending. He's filled your world with everything. All these tests he's filled you with. And the same with Taiba too. All these Taibas are us to make sure there's children. Make sure there's health. Make sure... Is a love for Hashem. The, the need for food and other things are for us to have karsatov to the boreolam. person doesn't have any type for these things. Have a have a have a don't have a don't have and after a while, so you're going to say, Dank in the Abishta, karsatov to Abishta. So these types are all for our benefits to keep the world going. If you're doing it the right way, type it to Hashem, type it to your wife and children, and you'll see it. You'll see progress. And then kinna, jealousy. Don't get jealous of others. If they see them learning, learn better. More patient, be more patient, etc., etc., etc. So now we're filling our lives with Hashem. All the positive things happening from your health to your family to your past to your present to your future. And then also the test that, you're, that you have. The test, the test, the test. And then when we go into Sukkot, Sukkot, we see there's a simplest achayim. Such a simplest achayim. And it's because we have rain, because we have enough food. We have enough to get along. Like, for example, we constantly mention a little bit, the one little understanding of how to improve, how to enjoy the harvest, enjoy what we have, like the grains, for example. Three out of 10,000 of the air is carbon dioxide. And how do we survive? How does the grain survive? Because the wind blows and the carbon dioxide goes, and the crops need carbon dioxide. But you see, if the winds don't blow, <clears throat> 
and carbon dioxide doesn't move, the crops all over the, all over the place die. So Hashem makes it perfect all around the planet Earth. And the same bread you have now wasn't the same bread from last week or the same from the first same grains from last week. And the fish and the dark sea and every day they gain more and more and fill up our table with fish, 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 fish. And then as you, you eat, everything is working, is working, working. But you know how much food we have? Food we have. I remember one child told his father, we talked, they were talking about the midbar, the man and food. One child said, what's the problem with food? Let's go to the... To the grocery store. Let's go to Middleman's. <laughs> Let's go to grocery. Five year old boy. What are, you, what are we worried? Because I'm not worried. If we don't have, we go on the bill or the credit card or so many times in the year that food is being given out. So this is an important pasukus. This is the time we're getting together. It's a celebration of food, celebration of the hub, celebration of panasa. Shem's getting us through for some reason with all the pronounced stresses, stresses, stresses. Everyone has nice suits on and nice dresses on and footy usually. Our extreme circumstances, but most are doing, Baruch Hashem, are getting along nicely. So it's something to remind ourselves. So this time is the appreciation of what we have. Karasa of what we have. You have a warm house, nice neighborhood you walk around in. Think, 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 think. And then we go into this Miyach Saras and Sipkos Torah, then it says, I think Svasama said it, that's the connection, the happiness, the happiness with the harvest and the gosh music joins in with the happiness, the happiness of Torah. That's the key. The happiness, the happiness of Torah. We did this last time, but we have to remind ourselves what we have when we have the Torah. And review, 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 look in the mirror and be happy who you are. It's a special thing. And unfortunately, the farther we go away from Torah, the more we act like we shouldn't act. The more we get tense in different things. And we get filled up with other ideas and other ways of life. And then it, there are breakups. Breakups. I used to mention... And they've dealt with yeshivas, worked in yeshivas. I have hundreds of boys. Maybe there would be two, three divorced people. Might be a couple more now, but in every hundred. And the world, go to the Midwest, there's 50% divorce among the world. And the more a person gets involved in the world's activities, the world's way of thinking, that's what happens. That's what happens. So a person has to be thankful for the Torah and children. Of course there are hardships, and of course there are difficult situations. But generally families, there's families. On the Yontav, Chalamoyed, you just saw hundreds of families walking, 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 trying, 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 dealing with the children and other people, and tremendous stuff going on. This is not just like accident. And then we have the Shabbos and other things, other Yontavs that keep us clean and away from the world's activities. The person has to know a lot of stuff today we're talking about. Now you're going to Sukkah, Shemini, Sarasimichos, Torah. There's appreciation of Kharis, a Tov, a Kharis, a Tov. Thank you for the harvest. Thank you for the Torah. There's some other things the Torah gives us. The Torah sets us apart from the nations. You have to be, everyone needs to be set apart. Their own Dalat Amis. To gain strength and the right ideas to deal with everybody else. It's like the doctor who's working on a cure for cancer. So if he's in the room with everybody at the moment, it could be a little difficult. So he goes to the room by himself, works on what he needs, figures things out, then comes and joins the crew. So a person needs this time to be set apart. Set apart from nations. And get your bearings together. Get your bearings together. That's what Torah does. has boundaries in these areas. Yet we know we have the highest levels of Simcha. There's there's a bottomless pit in every one of Simcha. There's a fountain of Simcha inside of everyone. It's It's just forever. 
Because if you get happy to the right things, like we said, think the right things from your health, you and what you have and your family and the neighborhood and everything else, all of a sudden is a happiness. And it causes us to stay away from abstain from degenerate pastimes. Torah teaches us not to drink too much, not to eat too much, not to smoke too much. There's a whole slew of so many things to keep away, to keep away, to keep away, because keeping away gives you strength. I told the stories of a famous basketball player, I remember. And he was eight hours a day. He wasn't the best player, but eight hours a day he would just play. Keep away from everything under the sun. And after that, he did what he wanted to do. But he became a great player. Why? Because he stayed away from degenerate pastimes. He worked hard, hard, hard. We also were very fortunate to stay away. We know it's wrong. It's like emphasized wrong, 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 the degenerate pastimes of the world. Drinking at night, the bars, and some of the immoral plays and theaters and TV and music, all these things, we try to stay away. And confers on us dignity as a nation, a noble, holy people, Part of a cloud. You go anywhere. The planet, you could probably dive in there. Anywhere in the planet Earth. There's people who take people in. I remember we were stuck. The last minute we were going to Jersey. And then we dropped off just at a place. It was close to Passaic. And we said there's some Jewish people around here. So we had to get all the stuff out of the car before Shabbos. Went to Mrs. on the door, knocked. And all of a sudden, we came out, spoke with us a few minutes. Don't worry, come down. They got a basement. I mean, it was like a furnished apartment. It was a beautiful furnished apartment, by the way. And they came to the Shabbos, and then he brought us to we had it. We had to go the next day. It was like one of these dream stories. It's over and over and over again. Nation of holy people, of people with a moon and betachim, altruistic. She'd over and over be the cholam who goes to a hospital and helps and, and Atzala does things beyond. They save people. And Shorim, Chaveirim, so many organizations that are just doing so much. The people on a regular basis. You live on a nice block. The women are just taking care of each other. And you go to a shul. There's people really taking care of each other. And the shul trying to help. If it's money, if it's learning... Is a, is a constant, constant togetherness that is beyond. There's a cloud. There really is a cloud. Tap into the cloud. That's also part of the great Torah. Do we think about it today? These are the things. All of a sudden, you see, and with Sukkot time, you see the third step, like we mentioned. He said, enter your life, Hashem. Then Hashem will fill your life more and more. And now with Sukkot, all of a sudden now you're living in the Makom. Because in the Sukkah, the Shach, we're in, the, we're in Hashem. So it gets so filling with the Torah that you're really beginning to live in Hashem. You realize uh, Hashem is the Torah, Hashem is mind and giving us how to live and how to live and what to do, what to stay away from. It prevents us from wasting our property. Waste, waste, waste. We always hear about don't waste your food, don't waste this, don't waste that. What do you hear such a thing over and over and over again? Don't waste. It affects our health and safety. We usually eat the meals that are healthy and three times a day. And again, we talk about sleep. You need enough sleep and you need exercise and you need to eat right. It's all part. It's constantly health and safety go together. Says concerning Puach Nefesh, giving person one's safety in life, goes also the shmirah of one's body, one's health. It's important to carry your health, to carry your health. And mental equilibrium is a big thing. A person who has the Torah, you have a clearness, more clearness of mind, more clearness. That's why you have to listen to Rabbi Miller, get involved in Rabbi Miller thinking. A clear list on every issue from work and how to deal with people, how to deal with oneself, family, friends, and every matter. 
how to deal to clear up your mind. There's the, the, the equilibrium is tremendous. What we, we mentioned earlier, the first step is take that walk, take that time you need to rejuvenate, get clear. Mechal equilibrium, there's a certain calmness, the halacha, the shkafa, musa, chumish, it's the happiness, the clearness of mind, lessons. They're always doing good things. So many things you work, it's hard work. You all don't want to go to work. If you can get a little bit of muster, the, the strength, and go, wait, I'm working to serve Hashem, to serve support my family, to my or to make sure have a good mind and help others. You can make work. Everything you can make as happy as possible. It brings peace in the home. Make peace as soon as possible. Peace in the home. Shalom Bayez, we'll talk, to that, talk about that in a few minutes. The, the greatness of the home, the Shalom in the home is <clears throat> number one. Treating as a husband and wife to each other is number one. One of the most, if not the most important thing on the planet Earth. Pretty close. Close Torah, Torah, Torah. Shalom B'nayim. That work, husband and wife, it's so important. So important. Peace in the home, peace in the home, shalom in the home, shalom in the home. Anything it takes. I'll say later too, but have a Rebbe, you'll see. You can just speak to the Rebbe, he'll talk to her, talk to him. Everybody says, we're going to listen. And you'll see 99%, 99% of the time it goes your way. Not only that, it becomes uh, peaceful. We see we respect the good in the world. We see the good. Even anyone who does good, we respect it. But evil, we can't take. <clears throat> and most of all, it says, mindful of the Creator. <clears throat> Again, getting back to enter your life, filling your life. And you're in the Malkam of Hashem. Everything coming your way is sending it to your billions of people that you're alive. The people who step on your toe. It's all part of Shlemos. Building yourself up to make your, to perfect yourself, to perfect yourself, to see Hashem, to thank Hashem, to be tolerant, to control. All of a sudden we're going into the new year with a little bit of a, a nice energy. A nice energy. And then <clears throat> we'll go into the new year, Baratheus, Barol, Akim. Very, very important. The, the new year, Baratheus used to say the same thing. You should put note in your head this saying the Rebbe would say, Rebbe would say, begin again. Begin again. Begin again. I mentioned in the last couple of weeks, Rebbe Waxel mentioned if you change 1% of yourself by waking up a minute earlier, eating a little less fat, being a little more calm, you just became a new individual. Not like, I mean, I only like change a point to point, point percent. No, now you're not the same. Like we mentioned, H3O, H2O works, H3O doesn't mean anything. But you get that little, that hydrogen, get rid of one of them, and then all of a sudden you got H2O, you have water. That little one percent, you improve in every, any or every area of your life. Maybe if I'm going to sleep earlier. Again, could be I'm coming to house and I'm not going to get angry. Five seconds at least. When I talk, I'm going to talk softly. 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 Might last for a couple hours. Might last for a couple of minutes. Might last for a couple of days. Try again. You're going to become a new person just by changing one little aspect of your life. Remember what you said? A person smoking 40 cigarettes on Shabbos goes to 39 and he can do it and he does it. A big thing, but he can do it. He doesn't do it. It's not a big thing. You can become a little more tolerant. A lot of become less gaivedik, less taivedik. You can become greater. So as we go into the new year to begin again, we could begin again in marriage. Begin again in your marriage. Rav said, marriage is a time of Kedusha. Building Kedusha, you know, wife Kedusha. We see it as a man and wife together. Husband comes home, he's him, and you're her. And your wife is, a, no, no, this is, this is Kedoshim to you. King and queen. And sin, your king came home. Your wife is home. Or came home. Children, princess, 
princes and princesses, grandparents, parents, grandparents. We have the matriarch, the patriarch. So important that the first step, the Rub mentioned, first commandment, be realistic, expect the unexpected. But the important thing, after a while being married, you realize the unexpected is expected. Is expected. You know, a couple, the husband was a real, you know, real cheap's not the word, because he gave plenty. But he was such a micromanager, like everything she spent, he had to know, he checked out, he knew when she went to get a donut, you know, by the credit card. He Like he checked, he checked it, like maybe this is his finickiness, but... He has it with himself, okay, but then with his wife, he did it with his wife. So, on one hand, his wife, it's hard to change him. Again, if he would change a, mini, a little minuscule, say, I'm not going to look at the credit card anymore, what she spends. And there's still half the years and years, and some he's raising the children's tuition to be paid, and and they have enough food and clothes and everything else. He might be going through a little Agmas Nefesh, a little extra more than he would like. But the peace and family harm, family family harmony, and definitely worth it. And she, on the other hand, wants to fit his, wants to put her square into his circle. She, she doesn't want to follow the circle. So she'll do things not even not being thankful. She she knows getting the donut at the store is gonna bother him. So don't get it. <laughs> There's certain things in this case a woman could have done if your husband is real finicky with the money, real, real too much. Again, I say like arrive, have a Rebbe so you know what's right or wrong. It's the main thing I keep saying. Call me, we'll get yourself a Rebbe. But even then that the wife can understand that like when he would come home and say to the husband, thank you so much, I know you're working so hard and we're going to be frugal, even though she only spent too much because this is the way she was brought up or she doesn't get it or it's for the needs of the children and he don't get that. It's urgent, urgent. Be real, expect the unexpected. You might have a husband like that. But how are you going to deal with it? It becomes unexpected, becomes expected after a while. So how are you going to deal with it? You gotta keep fighting and fighting and fighting. What happens is the the emotional bond that kindled your relationship from the beginning comes worn out. Your encounters become stymied and become hard and gruff and always a confrontation, always a discussion. So expect expect it now. It's okay, you have a husband I'm gonna deal with it. Get some advice how to deal with such a husband. Not thinking I can't do anything in my way to highway. And I see that. The other way around. The husband is a wife who, from a home, that she spends a little too much. Most women spend more because they're taking care of the family. They they think for the children in the future. But let's say she spends a little. So the husband might have to understand. So I could do two things. I can constantly talk to her about it. Tell her to watch yourself. What happens here at the wall becomes tension. Well, I can say to myself, be realistic, expect the unexpected, expect the expected. I'll speak to my rabbi how to deal with it. And sometimes I'm going to have to borrow, sometimes I have to keep quiet. I'll tell her, be frugal is the language to use. And you'll see if she's going to improve in those areas, she will. Through honey, to consideration, to validation, to just understanding. So. Most couples, after a little while, all the expect, a lot of the unexpected is expected. You're going on a trip. You know, families go on a trip. They, let's go. Get ready at 9 o'clock. And if they leave 11, it's amazing. They leave 1, normal. All of a sudden, expect the expected after a while. So come, your husband can come a few minutes later if he wants to learn a little bit. And he comes home, he has to know he has to help. But don't push. Don't push. Just do the best you can. It's a time with the family. Look at it as a time with the family and helping and organizing. Don't look at it as a time, oh, you got to go, hurry up, got to go, got to make this, got to make that. No, no, no. A time with the family, helping everybody along, calm everyone down. So, it's a big thing. There are differences in couples and people. Your children, one are lazy, one's, he's up before you and she's up before you. So, you have to know to deal with the unexpected and the expected. And get used to it, but then think about how I can go with the flow and how to 
help the flow and eventually the other most parties after a well, while know what the husband wants and needs, know what the wife wants and needs, and you know what the children want and need, you know what the parents want and need. Everyone knows each other after a while. But you keep fighting it. You step back and think a little bit. This is the person. And if you're gonna make any change, it's gonna be done through listening, done through kindness and chesed. And if they don't change, at least you still have a good relationship. But if you're constantly badgering, so the relationship is gone and the person doesn't change. Most of the time, the change of another person will happen just as much or better if you're kind and tolerant and work along. But as soon as you start demanding, complaining, it usually doesn't change the person. And secondly, it creates a tension in the relationship, even when things are good and happy. Father comes home and always complains about the children, this, this, and that. After a while, he could be a loving, caring father, but the relationship is not going to be so good. That he should come home and give encouragement to each child. Oh, you help this, you help this, you help this, you help this, and the women too. And the big thing with, with upbringing of children, <clears throat> that the parents also, there has to be a, a oneness that they know. The children... In the morning with the mom, they know the papa's going to come home later and talk to them about how their behavior in the morning was, how their homework was done. And together, they'll see mommy and Abba are together on the same page. You'll see there'll be a little more behavior at night when the father comes and has to talk to the children, hopefully with a calmness and a way to get them on track. So just think of your mate. Think of all about your mate. Think about what they need, what you need from them, and try, but through positive, constructive means. And you need any direction in that. That would be realistic. Next, keep routines. The new year, start routines. Start a daily walk and talk with your wife. If you, even if you have to get a beat, baby. Even if it's cold outside, around the block. And even that, if it's too much, then maybe you need a little time in the bedroom just to sit to close the door and talk. You need, everyone needs to rekindle the original feel, the original feeling. So start routines, a little note in the morning. Put it into a pocketbook, a note. Put it into his wallet, a note. Nice, endearing notes. And then calls during the day, what do you need today? What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? That's the argument. No, what do you need? And when you're home together at night, again, give him five, give him 15 minutes, 20 minutes if he needs time to unwind with a little keep cup of coffee and cake or a watermelon. As we've told stories so many times like this. It works, it works. A man has to come home and ignore, and it was uh, arguments and nothing. And then I told his wife, just make something nice to him. She made us some cut watermelon. And, and when he came home, the first 15 minutes, half hour, she gave him a break. And then after that, he became the best husband. You know, round two, the husband comes home. You know, his wife needs a little, you sit down, sweetheart, and I'll take care of the kids after. He wants some teeth, some ice cream. And you're the one who takes care. You can keep a routine. Keep a routine. And the weekends, too. Some people take, uh, again, to go out once in a while. It doesn't have to be Therese. It could be just a walk. Restaurant's fine, too. The employees, but I know the relationship was really sour. And they went away for the weekend, put the children in other homes, and they came back with a honeymoon. <clears throat> Start routines of weekly walks or talks. And at set time. Even <clears throat> if in the house. And keep routines of notes, one in the morning. Every day a little note, can't hurt. And a call every day, hello, when you come home, that initial time together, when you come home after work or after learning, and you know, your wife after work, after work, all that she does, when you encounter that first half hour is the key, the key. You think, I'm going to help my husband relax. Or you, and then husband think, hey, I'm going to help my wife tell her. That should be your biggest discussion there. So you both relax a few minutes if, that, if that's possible. Okay, so start routines, begin again. New year. It's a new year. Begin again, begin again. And then another commandment, a famous one, make peace as soon as possible. This is crucial, along with the first two. Begin again, everybody. I'm not I'm gonna have all peace with my wife. And as much as possible. These times that 
one party is getting agitated, try to be the one to catch it and run away from your argument. If you have to say sorry, you know, a man told me, he says, sorry, I'm wrong, you're right, I'll do it again, more than anybody else in the neighbor times times 100. Get into the routine of apologizing for what happened. You have to say, I'm, I did this wrong. If you want to do that, it's a good love, that's a nice love too, but if you can't, at least say that um, I hear you. I hear your point. You mentioned a no tension zone first. Chizuk, encouragement when you come into the house. Hemistic encouragement for the kids too. Listening to the kids too. We tell, we told stories of fathers who when the children came home got angry when the children acted out but then changed it around and started listening when the child was acting. The children was acting when the child acted out, the parent came over and gave the kid a child a hug. What happened today, that whole, whole way to give the hug and listen, 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 didn't make peace as soon as possible. It was the crucial thing. Try to make peace as soon as possible, even if you're a billion percent right. My husband told me he got a call in the morning. His wife was upset that he took the only can of tuna fish for work and the whole big thing. He thought the wife was really out of hand. Yeah, but he's really, but he held back. Two weeks later, he was at home, and all he realized there was no can of tuna fish, and the children were going, "Well, I'm not going to school today. I don't have my tuna. I don't have my peanut butter." And he realized he drove his wife crazy that morning, and that he thought he was 100% right. He was 100% wrong. So, make peace as soon as possible in your head. Make peace. Anything takes. Sorry, wrong. To buy something, to help somewhere. Urgent, urgent, urgent. You even have a Rebbe in this. I know someone who every time he, he was once on the phone with a Rebbe and his wife was yelling in the background. And he said, uh, Rebbe said, tell her you love her. So he turns to his wife and said, Rabbi, so-and-so said, I love you. He calmed it down. Anything, anything to calm down, calm down, calm down. Another major commandment is be loyal. A lot of chizuk, a lot of encouragement. I have the best husband. He tries the hardest in learning. He really works very hard. He really tries to help me in the house with all his jobs and everything else he does. He really watches after the children. He helps with this and that. Go over and over. Don't look at the weak points. And never mention to anybody else, the grocery person, the friends, your weak, your weak points, the weak points of your mate, because it will get back. Not only that, if you speak to other people long enough about it, other people will think your husband is a rat. And I can tell you stories that people told their in-laws and their, their parents of the problems, and the parents didn't forget, and eventually parents thought the husband was an awful man and wanted to take away, wanted to break up the marriage. But the marriage was pretty good because they only heard the negative. They didn't hear the other part. So watch what you say. Chizik said, my wife, husband, uh, mother-in-law says something. No. My mother says something. My my wife's the best cook. She tries so hard cleaning. I should help her. Or someone, a father, says something about the person's wife. No. Sh Jenny's, always, Jenny's always helping, helping, doing, doing, doing. Or I am, oh, what a good husband. And homie really takes care. He makes sure he sets the challah, makes sure whatever it is. But loyalty is urgent. Work on a system to build your mate, to build your mate, to build your mate. Crucial. Build your mate anything it takes. If you're being frugal, like they told the other story, jump on it. See your wife, you know, buying nice things, jump on it. Even if sometimes she spends some money, still jump on that she's really trying and beautiful those are beautiful children. Constant encouragement, constant encouragement is necessary. That's loyal. Next one. Don't say mean words because the person goes back, Shem enters your life, and then Hashem fills your life. And then you're in the Mokam of Hashem. I mean, you're in the Mokam of Hashem. How can a person like Say mean words. Shem is right there. And when you say a mean word, also you 
create any atmosphere, like negative vibe, negative angels, negative everything, and you're really hurting yourself, the people next to you, and the whole planet Earth. Like one big cup rolling. So if someone in that cup decides to have some spoiled water, spoiled milk, the whole cup is going to start smelling. On the other hand, person is sweet, all of a sudden sweet chocolate enters the, the, the cup of life, the cup of the world. So we have such possibilities. Angry words and yelling. See, one party yells. He says, oh, mommy's a little upset today. If both parties yell, the foundations of the children go out the tubes. You're actually destroying them. So it's important. Very important. That mean words. How could you yell? Remember Miller, all the years you, you couldn't raise your voice. There is my voice. Look at it again. Shem is right here. Look at the blessing. Look what I have. Look what I have to do. I have to be constructive. Mean words are just, it means, again, happiness is your own progress, your own accomplishments. Not what other people are doing. When you get involved with other people bugging and doing this and that, you have to, okay, you need a time to have milk and effort to stand back. That about walks, we said before, calmness of mind. But you have to catch yourself. It's not the other people that are going to make you happy. It's you and your progress and your accomplishments and your service of Hashem. So it's a big thing, everybody, as we go now to the new year. We've said Hashem entered our lives with Hashem is king, Hashem is king. Then with Yom Kippur, we had Hashem fill our lives so much. Everything that happened, we... We're thankful at Karasatov, and then we also did Harata. How are we going to improve? Because we want to know everything we have is from Hashem, even the step on the toe. So, because we see the the boundless harvest and food and things we have, the thankfulness. And we're in the Mokam of Hashem, then. We're in the Mokam. We're sitting in the Mokam. The Mokam of Hashem. He's surrounding us every bit. Everything that's happening, all the good, the blessed, the billions of miracles that we're working. Everything's working. And with that, we have simplest Torah, the Minya Shemiyah, simplest Torah, say the Torah, Torah, Torah saves. Now we're going to the new year on a different aspect, with a different mind, to begin again, everyone begin again. Begin again, begin again. We're living in the Makkum now. Begin again, fresh, you change a little bit, you change the world. Shem bless everyone and everything. Brooklyn, the Gashvis again. This has been Sion Griper, 718-339-6020. They're here to talk again on Sunday. So we have 718-506-9099. This is extension 31. Live is 712-432-4217. The text is very urgent again. We need funds. To make People tell me the station is so good for the children, for the older, for the younger, for everybody. So we need to participate. Try, try. And anyone who donates, is, uh, you're giving to a yeshiva. You're helping thousands of people. It's chusim beyond. Who knows what you want? This is a, a worthwhile donation. And the text again for that is 347-927-8398. And it's www.jrootradio.com. Everyone should have a sloch and bracha and everything. Brooklyn and Gashmir.